I don't know. Maybe it's me. Anyway, if you got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 12, 20, I want to start out with that verse, all right? And it says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body, all right? And you think about that, and uh, I want to really look at our physical bodies, but I also want to take a look at the body of Christ, amen? So that's what we're going to be talking about. So this week I had some uh, pretty amazing opportunities. Anybody have any opportunities to share a little bit of Jesus along the way? That's what we were looking for. That's it right there. Yeah, that's all right. That's good. Anybody have some good opportunities to tell, tell people how good God is? That's every day, isn't it? And I pray that we even have more this week as, as God just, you know, sharpens our hearts to, to what he has out there. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the body and, and how each one serves an important function. You say, yeah, buddy, we know that. We know that. Well, let's go a little deeper. And I said, in order to function properly, we need to take great care of each part, part of our body. You know, you don't know how important that little baby toe is till you hit it on the side of your bed. Woo, man, I tell you what. Or maybe that, that, that fingernail that just, you know, just gets hit the wrong way. Or, you know what, when you tried to, a friend of ours was here and he had, uh, he had to have some surgery. And... Uh, he was in a bad accident, and actually Daryl Brown, y'all remember Daryl coming through here a couple of times if you've been with us for a while. And, and they uh, threw this explosion and cut this part of his hand off. He only had this. And you know what he said about that? He said, thank God I got my thumb. Isn't that, isn't that picking the positive? Because if you don't have your thumb, you can't grab a whole lot, you know? And so what I just want to kind of take a minute to think about all those little pieces and all those little parts that God uniquely designed. It's the same way with each one of us here. Everybody's got a part to play. Everybody is, is, is important, all right? So this week I had some great opportunities. I, I did some hospital visits this week. I went to see, I asked you all to continue to lift up my neighbor, uh, Miss Wolfendale. She's, she's been battling a, a brain, uh, brain tumor, and she had a, another bout of that over the, uh, earlier in the week. And so I was able to go and spend some time with them. But I tell you, when you go to the hospital and you keep an open heart and open, uh, open spiritual eyes, you'll find out not just your neighbor needs to hear, hear about Jesus and, and, and be prayed for, but everybody walks through there. Amen. You actually find out that happens at Walmart, Rite Aid, anywhere you go, because everybody needs Jesus, amen? But I want to tell you a little bit about my, my week there. When I got to the, to the uh, ER there, I uh, was at Riverside, and I've been there many times, but I didn't know that that building went that deep in there. The lady, I thought she was going to give me a map. She says, you go this way, and you turn that way, and you go this I'm like, do I need a lunch? I mean, well, I'm just going to see my neighbor. So I went on, and that place was packed. There were so many people there that they had, what do you call them, the little stretchers, little gurneys. They were outside of the rooms. And there was people all down there, and they had masks on and everything else. And I was going, man, what is going on here? So I made it on, on in and got to spend some time with my neighbors and put in some prayer time and trusting God for his anointing to fall on, the, on uh, the hospital there and just see a lot of people healed and moving along. So uh, I'm just, during this time, I'm, you know, it's, when you're at the hospital, it takes time to do everything, doesn't it? I mean, nothing happens fast. But I will say this, their staff was working. They were doing all they could. But I tell you, it takes time. And we don't like things to take time when we're in pain, do we? We, we want it over with, right? Move on, you know? But I, I had some amazing things happen during that time. But I said, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to pray for people when, when they can't go nowhere, isn't it? You know, you got to look at the positive. If they can't get out, you, you know, when you're there, you're just like, hey, can I pray for you? I met a lot of folks. I got to pray for a lot of folks, too. And you know... My heart was to be a blessing to them, but they were a blessing to me. Isn't that amazing? That's just how God works. When we have our heart and our motives uh, tuned in to that of God, and we're doing what God has for us to do, you'll be surprised how much God you'll see in just a quick second, won't you? You'll start, you'll start revealing things to us and all that. Well, I had an opportunity, and I... Uh, I just thought, I'm afraid I'm going to jump right before, before I get going here. I want to just talk about a couple of things here. I'm going to go back to my notes because I want to get to some of these stories because I met some amazing people. I met some amazing people that God's using all the time. But one of the things I noticed when you first get in the hospital, they want to check your heart. You ever notice that? Only thing happens before that, they want your insurance card. Okay. After they got that or whatever, they want to know how are you going to pay. Then they want to check a heart. You know, they want to get that that what's going on with your heart. And I said I thought about that as people were coming in, and I'd see the you know the cuff going on and all these different things, and they're doing the blood pressure and stuff. I said, wow, isn't it amazing that it's the first thing they look for in the natural, but also the first thing we really should look at in the supernatural and the spiritual. Our heart, everything's based out of what we believe and what what uh, what what God's showing us. You know. So what's in the heart? 
of, of each one of us today? Is it that we want to glorify God? Do we want to trust God's word? Are we going to walk in the fullness of what God has? So it's a little checkup on our heart, amen? So I looked at this and I said, you know, I said, regardless of what's going on in our life, it always comes back to the motive of, of our heart. I said, because from the motives of our heart move the, our hands and our feet to follow. You ever notice that? You can tell what's in somebody's heart usually over time. Somebody can, somebody can talk a good fishing story for a while, but as time goes by, you start to see what's really going on. And so really, on this, this first slide, I, I want to set the stage of this. And I said, you know, I, I really pray that we allow God to fill our hearts, extend our hand, and put faith, faith in our feet and walk things out so people will see the kingdom of God revealed. How many people uh, have an interesting job they do sometimes with interesting people, right? You could be retired and say that too because we've got our family. So where I work at during the week, and uh, we had a few things going on. Our, our building been shut down for a while. You know, I've got new people that work with me, and we haven't run this equipment for a while, and they're changing stuff. And all of a sudden, they're like, man, we want to run this. I said, okay, no problem. So I go, and I get the procedures, and I'm going back, and I'm looking through this and all this. And I remember in the back of my mind, we had a problem with this one area. This one valve would freeze up. And so I was working with this other guy that was a little antsy. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. You, you ever work with anybody like that? Should have been done yesterday. <laughs> we were off yesterday. You know, it's one of those things. So we get going, and, I, and I'm trying to pull everything together in my mind because do y'all talk to a lot of people in a week, in a month? I thought about this. You know what? My, my cell phone, you know how many times I charge it on a regular basis? Three times a day. Three times a day I wear that thing. I, you know what that means? I got a big mouth. No, it means you talk to a lot of people. And so you don't always remember all the things at the right time. You know, I got, I got this guy marrying that girl. No, that's not right. Or this prayer request with this person. So it takes you a minute to get your mind wrapped around things. But when they want to work, they want to go. So I said, wait a minute. The guy that retired in March, I said, I think he put something in the system to fix that. And you know the guys you work with, right? They're always really compassionate. They say, now look, you can't blame that on him. I said, I'm not blaming anything on anybody. I'm just saying, let's not do it twice, right? It's going to, it's going to tie into the message, I promise. So it kind of hit me the wrong way. I was like, hey, whatever. Uh, I'll do the paperwork if we have to do this. That's a great idea you have. That's great, but let's see what we can do, okay? So we get going. And a few minutes later, somebody else comes in and said, well, why are y'all doing it this way? You ought to do it this way. And that same guy told me, man, you can't pass the buck. He said, well, you know, such and such told me to do it that way, right? I thought, what just happened here? What just, what just happened here? And I'm going to get to the rest of my story here. I said, you know, we have to understand that we're on the same team, that we have the, the same uh, understanding as, as Christians and uh, we're one body. I said, so as we walk through today's message, I pray that we grasp the grace of God and the power of unity and oneness. If you're on the team, let's try to get a common goal. What's going on? Not going, well, she said, she said, does that happen in the church too? It sure can. Go ahead and change the color of those, those uh, chairs right there. You have 10 people want blue, 10 want white, 10 want green, 10 want bar stools. You know? So a lot of times, what do we do? We got to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's what I'm saying today. I love to just pull in some practical applications because I know that happens at your job, your work, your family, all those things. So what did I do? Did I say, you know, that's exactly, I just kind of smiled. I said, Lord, you took care of that one, didn't you? Isn't it amazing how God will just work things back on around, work things right on around. Let's keep on reading. Everybody doing good? All right. We got a lot of good stuff here. So I got to see a lot of heart, hands, and feet encounters this week, and I pray that you do and have to. Do a little reading here. All right. So we're going to read uh, two more verses here. We're starting uh, 1 Corinthians, Corinthians. 12, 20 through 22, and it says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body, I want you to look at this, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Do you ever feel like the weakest link in the chain sometimes? I think we all have sometimes. We think, what am I going to bring to the table? You know, how could God use me? Well, man, I'm going to tell you what. He will and he can. And to tell you the truth of the matter, he probably already has. You know? You say, well, I don't, I'm not a preacher. Well, that's okay. Invite somebody to church. Well, I don't know anybody. Well, where do you live? There's got to be somebody in your apartment complex, your work, the grocery store, whatever. There's always an opportunity 
to extend that hand for Christ. Amen. That doesn't mean, like I say, you put them in a chicken wing and beat them with the Bible. You just love them to the Lord where they're at. Amen. So let's take a look at this. So many times I think the biggest thing when I talk to folks and even when I look in the mirror sometimes I go, man, I can't believe I blew that. I can't believe, man, you start, the enemy will whisper to you, you're never going to make it. But if you read the word of God, you've already made it. Amen. You've already have the victory in Christ. We're just walking out the journey. The destination is secure. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we got a home in heaven. Now we're just walking it on out. What do you mean by that? You know what? God is still continuing to show us stuff as we walk in this body. Amen. When your child is born, they don't know everything. Not until at least about 14, right? <laughs> I thought y'all would catch that. No, probably about 18. 18 to like, I'm thinking, I think I knew everything probably around 13, 14, you know. And then evidently I forgot everything I knew because when I got about 28 years old, my dad was smart, man. I was like, wow, what, what, where did he come from? Because all the time before, I was like, he don't know what he's talking about. Love my dad, all that stuff, but I just, and I just kind of, you know, come on, guys, you know you do this. Day. Well, yeah, you know, he's older. I'll just go with the flow. And then next thing I start going with the flow, and it's going, wow, I'm so glad I went with the flow. <laughs> Maybe he knew a little something about that. I tell my boys all the time, I said, I didn't wake up 49 years old, man. I didn't wake up 49 years old. You see these battle scars? I'm trying to keep some off you. I'm trying to speak into your life a little bit because I love you. That's something right there, because I love you. What does God do because he loves us? He's already done everything that we need in Jesus. Amen. So let's take a look at this. I go back in here and I said, let's read the last line. It says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Going back to my hospital visit. Man, met a lot of folks there. When I came out of the one room with my neighbor, there was an older gentleman on on a gurney there. But I thought, man, what a smile on this guy's face. And I went over and I said, how you doing tonight, sir? And he started telling me every problem that he ever had. He said, you're a doctor, aren't you? I said, no. I said, but I know the great physician. What else is happening? He said, man, I thought you was a doctor. Are they going to send me a doctor? I said, well, they got, I, I, I said, I'm a preacher. He said, that's just as good. I said, I think that's even better sometimes. Now, God will use a doctor, and I appreciate them. So I started talking to my buddy, Curtis, 81 years old. He used to dance with Bojangles. Isn't that something? He even twitched his leg. I said, well, he ain't too bad off. He can move his leg a little bit on his gurney. And so I said, well, oh, I, I'm just going to check and see what's going on here. I walked off and I come back, grab my arm. Hey, you know what? He started talking again. But see what was happening. And nobody was around with this man. 81 years old. He's been there by himself. Yeah? So I said, Lord, why don't you just take a little bit of time? So I start talking to my friend. Isn't it funny how God weaves things together? So I'm talking to him. And he starts when, when, uh, talking about the Lord. He told me, he said, man, I was so blessed. He said, I was raised in a Christian family. He said, but that don't make you a Christian. I said, come on, preach it, boy. He's ready. He said, man, I tell you what. He said, my dad would drag us to church all the time, every time the door was open. And he said, I thank God for that. I said, yeah. And so now he's, ta- he's talking to me. He said, you know what? I found God. I left God. I ran from God, son. But I ran back. Isn't that, isn't that a story of our life? We run from him. We take off. We jump over stuff to get, hide behind things. God knows all of this. But he's still willing to meet us right where we are. Still willing to take you right the way you are. How many know that you don't have to clean up to get to heaven? Amen. He does all that. God does all that. So I, I, I continue to talk to my friend and I go back and forth. And, and I, I thought, man, you know, Lord, I just want it to be a blessing in my heart to others and, and show some compassion to Christ. But, but what happened was. I was the one that was blessed. Probably about 20 minutes later, a young guy come in. He goes, hey. I go, hey. He goes, hey, Pops, how you doing? His son was just able to get off work and come there. And he said, hey, this is my friend. You know, you need to give him your phone number. (laughs) Y'all need to get together. And he goes, okay, Pops, yeah, okay. And he started talking. And he started asking about my family. See, when people are are really, uh, their hearts really open, they want to know what's important to you. So he started talking about my family. I told him, my wife's a teacher. Where does she teach at? I told her, York County. He said, my son is in such and such department. What did I tell you, honey? He's, he's, 
He's in the school board office. I said, I was just teasing. I said, you know what? You think he could get my wife a raise? He said, I don't know, but you get that phone number. <laughs> he said, let's see what we can do. I said, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And so I asked Denise, I said, do you know this guy? She says, yeah, I know him. I said, well, I just spent like an hour with his dad, talking to him and praying with him. See, I could have walked right on by everything else. You get a raise, we're going to split it now. <laughs> but I was just, I was just trying to make him laugh a little bit. But you know what? He was willing. He said, call him. You never know. You never know. But through that time, we were able to share about family. We were able to share about faith. We were, we were able to share about the heart of God and the heart of people. And I can tell you this. My neighbor had been there probably four hours or so, and I stayed another two and a half hours or whatever. And somebody came in, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just telling you how it works. I was, in, I was in the other room with my neighbor. And somebody said, we've been here 20 minutes and nobody has said one word now. I said, you got a long wait, baby. <laughs> 20 minutes, you're just getting warmed up, you know. But I also noticed how the attitude was towards those nurses out there. And they just shut down. We'll have somebody right in, man. Eh, 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 right? So I went out and I said, how y'all doing tonight? That's good. And uh I said, I really appreciate all y'all do. I said, you just coming on your shift or whatever? I said, we've been here all day, sir. I said, that's good. I said, uh, they were talking about moving my neighbor to ICU. Could you, could you tell me what's going on? One minute. Brr, room five, such and such. Thank you very much. I appreciate all y'all do. You think they would have told me that if I said, I've been here for two and a half hours and all this stuff and everything else? But see... A lot of times we just think it's all about us. It wasn't about us. I was trying to encourage those girls. They were doing it. This girl had in her hand, I was watching when she turned around, she went like this. I went, hey, how y'all doing? She had like five needles. In her hand. She had caps on them, but I'm like, I'm there. She went, yes, sir. I was like, well, I'm just asking, asking how everything's going. You know, they got long hours too. And you know what? They got a commitment to, to helping people too. And we need to lift those folks up. So I was blessed to spend some time with my friend Curtis and meet, meet some other folks along the way. But I'm going to read a few things in here. I said, you know, I had no idea what I was going to walk into. I had no agenda. Didn't have anything like that. But you know what? All I wanted to do is try to display the heart of God to some folks that were hurting. That's all I wanted to do. And I said, I'm the one that was blessed. I said, that's just the way it is. I said, God is so faithful. He's so loving. And I said, he will use us to be his heart. His hands and his feet. Are you ready to dig into the message? Let me hear you say amen. amen. All right, let's keep on going. So I pray today that we allow God to fill our hearts, extend our hand, and guide our footsteps in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to break it down a little bit. We're going to go right to the heart. Think about this here. I've got some scriptures for you to write down if you like. I've got some good word here to chew on. First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared. Look at that. Always being prepared. To make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Mm, that's worth repeating, isn't it? What's in your heart will always guide your actions eventually. Eventually. I believe that. I really do. What's in your heart? It's, you're going to start gravitating over there. Can I tell you another story? <laughs> so I stay there for a while. And uh, everything's under control. My, my neighbors are 80 some years old. And their family's not here. So, so our little circle kind of, they're our extended grandparents. So we kind of watch them pretty good. Great neighbors. And so I said, okay, you, you know what we got to do tomorrow? We got to do this and everything. He said, I'm fine. Why don't you go? I said, okay. You know, call me when you get home, whatever. You know, just kind of, just loving on people. Just loving on people. So I said, you all right? He said, it's all right. Okay. So I get ready to leave and I see all these people and I go, Lord, there's so many people in here. I'm just praying healing over these people. But, but for them to have a revelation of who you are. And I turn through the maze and I come out this way and I see this, this older lady. Um, I don't know how old she is, but she has the prettiest smile. Hair is perfect and her feet's dangling down and nobody's around, just her. And I, I'm, I mean, the Lord said, why don't you say, hey, I was like, I, I will, you know, I will. Right. So I go there, but I want to be right. I want, I don't want to just run, jump in there and you know, whatever. But I, you don't have to nudge me much, but Jesus, do you? I'm ready. I walk up to the door. I said, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I know she would say, I'm in the hospital. What do you think? But she didn't. She says, uh, she says my, my, my heart's been giving me some trouble. And I've been a little bit uh, dizzy and everything like that. I said, mm. I said, you know what? I said, you sure do look nice for, for feeling so bad. 
And she did. Her hair was, she was, wear those little, little stockings like my mom does right up here. You know, the ones that cut the circulation off and you beg them not to wear them. She had them on. And her hair was just so and everything else. And she just smiled. And <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So she's sitting right there. And then she started rocking them feet a little bit. And I said, what's your name? She said, my name's Dot. I said, well, my name's, my name's Buddy. I said, you know what? If it's all right, I sure would love to pray with you. She said, baby, come on in here. I said, all right. The door's open. And before I could get across the threshold, she was like this. Give me them hands. She says, my neighbor prays with me all the time. Boy, we really do some praying. I said, well, let's do some praying. And she grabbed hold of my hand. And I began to pray for her. And man, I tell you, just the presence of God just fell on us right there. And I thought, man, Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful lady. A sweet lady that knows you, that is trusting in you. And even though she was going through a tough time, she had a smile on her face. You couldn't chisel off, man. And I thought, man, isn't that an amazing thing? Although her heart, this is what I want to get to here. I said, even though her, her physical heart was weak, her faith was strong. What did that do to my faith? I thought, man, I'm whining about this or that. I got to park and I got to walk all the way out of here. And man, she was just happy to have somebody spend some time with her. Again, she might've, somebody might have went to the drink machine or whatever. But she was alone. She was alone. That concerns me sometimes, you know. Because a lot of times when we're alone, man, that enemy will just jump right on your back, won't it? He'll do that. Why is it so important to be in fellowship? Because we can come along and encourage one another in the Lord. Amen? So that was a blessing to me. But I tell you what, just because sometimes that we got an ache and a pain, let me tell you, God's still in control, amen? He's still in the healing business. He's moving forward. And he's, uh, he's all he says he is. Do you believe that? I know we do. Let's keep on rolling. You will always reach out to what's in your heart. We talked about that a little bit. And what I mean is this. I said, you know, we, we look at this. I said, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever wondered how much these opportunities that we have each day are part of a test? I always said, Lord, don't let me miss where you're working today because I want to jump in the middle of it. I pray that often. Lord, give me an opportunity to share how good you are today. You know? Maybe it's a person in line in front of you at food line. Maybe it's somebody when you're going through the gate at work. Maybe it's a child in your classroom. Something like that. But I just pray that God continues to open our hearts so we're listening and we're feeling that nudge. That doesn't mean you've got to run in with the red cape, you know, like Superman and save the day. But you'll be surprised if you're just open, your heart's open to what God's whispering to you. One sentence you can, you can share with somebody can change everything. Think back over your life, over your life, when somebody at the perfect time just spoke a word of truth in your life. It could change the whole direction of your life. It could change the whole deal. It could keep you married or not married. You know, it, it could keep you from going in the military or not going in the military. I mean, big, big things, big things, pivotal things, because somebody just spoke a word at the right time. What are we speaking? What's coming out of our heart? I pray that we're speaking life to folks. Amen. Let's see what else we got on here. What is, what is your heart seeking? Sometimes I think about that. Sometimes I'm seeking what's in it for me. I'm just being honest. Yeah, I don't want to do this. I want to do that. Anybody ever feel like that? I'm tired. I just want to go this way. Like want to take the shortcut, right? But what happens so many times with shortcuts ends up being shortcomings, doesn't it? You know? And, and I don't mean we got to do everything the hard way, but I think if we do it God's way, we'll find out it's the best way. Everybody say amen on that. Amen. Why do we kick back so much? <laughs> we, we just do sometimes. We know that God's got the best plan. And then we go, yeah, I know, but. But I tell you what, if we know God and as we walk with God, he will help do the course corrections. Sonny, Sonny don't realize a lot of times when I'm talking to him, he's, he's helped me with the sermon. And uh, we were just talking about life. And he shares a lot about what his dad had taught him over the years and different things. And, you know, we're talking about how life unfolds a little bit and things like that. And. You know, we just take it one day at a time. You hear that? And he, and he taught me something today. I'll probably mess it up so you might have to correct me. He says, when you're on a boat, he says, you just take a wave at a time. What did you call that thing? A truck? Run the trough. When you hit a sea and it rolls, you just move the boat over and you stay in the calm spot as much as possible. It's called running the Amen. Amen. He told me that. I said, isn't that amazing? You know, a lot of times we get out of here, we're going to do it our way. I appreciate that too. I'm, I'm a picture type guy. Analogy guys really help me. But you know, a lot of times we do that. We think, man, we're going to just go. We're just going to bull our way through this wave. Boom, crash back. We're going to do this. And I haven't been on many boats. Thank the Lord. 
I can't swim. <laughs> but man, I tell you what, when you get, when you get that uh, wave hitting the wrong side of the boat, it's not a pretty thing. That happens in life a lot of times, doesn't it? But you know what? That doesn't mean we shriek back and go, no, I'm not going to get in the water. It means, you know what? I'm going to find a calm spot. Where's the best place to be in life? In the center of God's will. So I, I'm going to take that analogy and go a step farther. Well, you know what? When you open that Bible, we had a picture of that there. It makes me think about that. You know, the Bible is open and you see a big wave of the, the pages. If we can stay in the center of that, in the center of God's will, seeking the Lord, I can tell you what, we'll come through the other side in any storm. Amen? God is awesome. So what is our heart seeking? I pray that our heart is seeking the face of God. Amen? Are we seeking the face of God? Does it, does it concern us if somebody doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ? It should. Because for a Christian, right, for somebody who's put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know that when a person dies and does not have Christ as their Lord and Savior, there's only one thing left. Who can tell me what that is? Hell. That's all right. You can say it in here. That's all right. Right? And, and you know, I, I never say that to, to scare people. I tell them that to inform them so that we can get a good understanding of what's at stake. Eternity. Amen. But it doesn't have to be at stake worrying. We can be worshiping, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ has made a way for us and we put our faith and trust in that. Amen? That's the whole story. Let's keep on going here. How many know where Psalm 50, who, who wrote Psalm 51 in the Bible? Was inspired to? David. David. That was a song that he wrote when he really blew it in his life. How many know he blew it right often? Sometimes, just don't, don't take this wrong. Sometimes I'm glad to read the Bible and see how many people blew it. Do you know what I mean? Because, because the reason I say that is because they're everyday people just like me and you. See, you can read that and say, well, they did that because, you know, they were such and such or they were a king or they were this. Guess what? Everything's level at the cross. Level at the cross. And what I want us to see here, let's read this here. David, he was quick to turn back to God when he blew it. He was quick to turn back to God. I pray all of us are quick to turn back to God. Lord, I need to turn back to you and, and say, look, help me. I can't do it on my own. And it reads here in verse uh, 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Sometimes we've got to make course corrections, don't we? Sometimes we've got to make some adjustments, and it all starts with the heart. And I said, you know what? No, no matter if it's bad or good or whatever, there's always adjustments in our life. Don't get too proud. Don't get too bold in, in thinking it's all about you that you don't make some course corrections. And how do we do that? We need to line ourselves up on the Word of God. I just thought of a story somebody told me a long time ago. They had a, a, a GPS when they first came out, a guy I know. And he'd get on his boat and he programmed his GPS and, and go on out a little bit. And he got to this buoy. And when he got to the buoy, he said, uh-oh, something ain't right. I said, what do you mean? He said, it's, it's only off. I said, it's only about a foot. You know, he wanted his boat to be right on the money. I said, it's only a foot. He said, how far do you think that foot's going to be off if we go 20 miles? I didn't think about that. You see what I'm saying? Those course corrections and those buoys and those things in life, those nudges from the Holy Spirit are getting us back on course. Because he says, oh, I'm only off a little bit. I'm only off six inches. I'm only off a foot. And then we fall over the side. So when God nudges us and says, hey, come on back over here, that's a good thing. Sometimes we need to calibrate our hearts, amen? How do we do that? By seeking the face of God and, and holding everything up against the backdrop of God's word, amen? That's what I want you to see today. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. Mm -mm -mm. All right, we're going to roll on. We're moving from the heart to the hands. All right. I got to thinking about this and reading and studying a little bit. I said, the power is in your hands. See, a lot of times we think we're powerless. But I'm going to tell you, in Christ, you are never powerless. Amen? Say, I am never, never. Powerless, powerless in Christ. In Christ. Do you believe that? Yes. Awesome, awesome. I said, we can reach out with the heart of God. Our hands become his hands. And I said, a mighty tool for the kingdom of God. So you said, well, what do you mean, buddy? What can your hands do? I started thinking about a few things, what our hands can do. You might be surprised. Let's just look at a few things, okay? They can heal. You ever thought about that? We are equipped in Christ. So good place to take some notes in here, okay? Our hands can bring healing. Our hands can bring forgiveness, amen? We need to let go of the past sometimes. You see that? Let go of the past. 
we can bring hope. We can open the door for the gospel to be preached. Amen. We can open that door through the love of Christ and through just sharing your fellowship with people. Look what happened when I went to the hospital. Just had, I'm no different than anybody else, right? I just thought, man, Lord, use me while I'm here. I got to talk to my neighbors. I got to talk to my other neighbors. I got to talk to the nurses. I got to talk to my buddy Curtis. I got to meet his son. I got to meet Miss Dye. And I wasn't even looking for anybody. I was just looking to be a mirror of Christ, amen? Now, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm not saying, look, buddy, does it all right now. I'm saying, look, if God will use my life, he'll use your life. That's what I want you to hear out of that statement right there, okay? What else? God can use our hands to, to bless. Mm. You ever lend a hand to somebody in need? That's, that's, that's great, isn't it? With no other motives, you don't want anything in return or anything else. I got another neighbor. And when I think about that, that's the guy. That's the guy. You know who was the first one at the hospital? That guy I'm talking about. My buddy Bob. My car breaks down. Gotta call Bob. Anything breaks down in our circle, we call Bob. Bob will not take any money. Bob, he said, that's what neighbors do. I mean, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta trick him to give him something. You know, he'll be working on something. I'll go get like a, a gift card and put it under his toolbox or something. And then he'll call, why'd you do that? I said, man, I, I just wanna be a blessing to you. We can be a blessing. Now, Bob's never preached to me. Bob's never, we talked about the Lord, absolutely. You know, if I'm talking to somebody, I'm gonna talk about the Lord. But, but Bob uses the gifts that God's placed in his hand to be a blessing to others. That's amazing. What does he put in your hand that you can bless others with? Let's keep on rolling. God can use our hands to restore. I said, you know what? Let God use your hands to disciple somebody, to mold somebody. To, to find the good in their life and pull it to the top instead of doing this. Do we do this sometimes? Point out all, all the bad? How about if we pull out all the good and rise it to the top? Wouldn't that make a big difference? I believe it would. There's something good in everybody. That's what my mom always said. And my mom has the ability to find that. I believe you could kick her in the big toe or the shin and she go, well, you know what? I'm glad you didn't hit my bad leg. That, that's my mom's attitude on stuff. It's, it's amazing, you know? And so, you know what, Lord, help us to see things like that. Help us to pick the positive. Help us to restore those relationships. How about this? God can use our hands to love, can he? To be a servant that displays love in action. What does that look like? Anything God wants it to. It might be helping somebody out of the car. It might be pointing somebody to Jesus. It might be just, just holding somebody's hand in a tough time. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you what, God can display love through your hands. We can... Save lives. Now, I'm not talking about being an EMT, but you sure could be. God uses those doctors, right? But think about this. We could pull the life-saving truth out of the Word of God and share it with somebody. Isn't that something? Always give an account for what you believe. Remember when we read the first part? If somebody asked you, why do you believe what you believe? What would you say? Would you say, because I believe the Word of God, the Bible, is the inspired Word of God, and I believe that that's true, and I'm, I'm lining my life with that the best I can. That's what I believe, and that's what I'm, I'm asking the Lord, Holy Spirit, to help me live a life that will reflect him well. Amen. What else? How about this? He can use our hands to tra transform hearts and minds. How's that? I said because a hand up is a lot different than a hand out. You hear what I'm saying? A hand up is a lot different than a hand out. When we help somebody... What is the old story there? What is the old saying? You, you give somebody a fish, they can eat for a day, but you teach them to fish, they can eat for a lifetime, something like that. I believe when we see a situation, if we can help equip somebody to, to grow closer in the Lord, that you know what? That we help transform their hearts and minds because they're going to remember that. I told you a story a long time ago, um, just in passing, it came back to my mind. Years and years ago, we haven't been in some time. We go when the doors are open and, and we go to prison ministries and things like that. And we had the opportunity several years ago to, to go to, uh, it was in Williamsburg, the regional lockup for younger, younger folks. And I'm going to tell you what, it gets real, real fast. Because when we go in, they lock the door behind you. Show them a badge, whatever. And we go through the next thing. You go through about three things of this lockdown. Reality is coming clear. 
And all these young folks are under the age of 18. And we have the privilege to go in there from time to time and, and play some music and preach a little bit, see a lot of lives transformed, amen, by the, the message of God. I never forget one night we went there. It was, it was, it was tough. Whew. They had this one young fella, and, and I guess you would call it a holding cell or something. Solitary. Solitary. And he just kept beating on the door, screaming. And he said, please pray for me. And I just put my hand up against the door and he put his hand there. And I was able to pray for him. And Tanya was praying for him. And he settled down. I thought, oh my God, man, what's going on in this place? So the enemy was only letting me see the bad. We were riding home. She doesn't say anything. She, we're, we're all driving home. And she just, and, and she says this, I don't know how many more times I can go. Because it hurts your heart so bad. But then you get a call. Maybe six months later. And a young man on the phone says, Sir, I don't know if you remember me or not, but you and your friends came and, and played some music one night at this lockup place. I said, Yeah. And he told me his name, and I actually remembered him. He said, I just want to let you know I'm out now. And what you said made all the difference in my life. I'm walking with the Lord now. Wow. Give the Lord a hand clap on that. You know, that's amazing. Because let me tell you, that was one of those phone calls just like, well, I hope they call maybe because it's rough on your heart. Some hospital visits are rough on your heart. But I'm going to tell you what, if you go in the strength and the power of the Lord, he can make a way out of that. Amen. I pray that we're encouraged to look through the bad situations for God to illuminate and let us see the other side. Amen. Let's keep on going. Man, what a perfect timing on that because it brings freedom. When I talked to that young man on the phone, this was not the young man that I talked to in that cell. Amen? Not the same guy. Something happened. God transformed his heart. God transformed his heart. There was another young fellow. And when his 18th birthday was coming, guess where he was going? He was going across the street to go in jail for many more years. But before we left that night, he says, I know I have to go. But I'm not worried about going now because I know the Lord's going to be with me. That's God making a difference in some of the darkest areas in the world. And I know there's things that are much darker, but let me tell you, that was dark enough for me because my heart is for kids. My heart is for elderly. My heart is for people. And now we got God's heart for people, right? God's heart is for souls. God's heart for, is for us to know and, 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 and for our hearts to be in tune with his heart so our hands can go and achieve the victory of the kingdom. Amen? How does that happen? Point to the cross. That's the victory right there. Point to the cross. Point them to Jesus. Point them to the, to the whole deal that he's done for them because you know why? It will impact their eternity. This is amazing. You know, people look at their uh, 401ks and their IRAs and all these things. And I think it's great to be prepared. I think it's great that we're, we're good stewards with what God does. And we appreciate all that you guys give uh, back to the ministry. We use that. We pray over that to further the kingdom the best we know how. And God has blessed that and he honors that. And that's a part of worship as well. And we thank you for that. But I want, I want to tell you this here. When we start looking at the victory of pointing to the cross and we start looking at the impact of the eternity that we have, we have a responsibility as believers. Man, as soon as you say responsibility, everybody almost, a lot of times people just get a little nudge. I write a, a little post pretty much every day on, on Facebook. I always try to have something very encouraging. Usually I'll have about 50 to 70 people respond to that. If I change that wording in that to a challenge in somebody's life, it'll drop down to about 25 or 30 people agree with that. I've done it over the years just to see. Isn't it amazing? I could write something like this. God loves you. Today's going to be a great day. Rest in the Lord and be fruitful. Tell somebody about Jesus. Woo, yeah, I like that. But if I write something, what will you do for the kingdom of God today? Will you yield your life to him? And be a mirror of Christ. Ooh. I got to get involved? Yeah, we got to get involved. It's true. It's true. Have you ever noticed that? See, we want everything poured out on us, but we don't want to carry the cup to pour it out on somebody else. I pray that we do today. 
Let our hands be full of the blessing of God and pour it out on others as we go. Everybody doing good? That can impact eternity like you've never, ever seen before. Well, guess what? We went through the hands. We weren't finished up with the heart and the hands. We got to get to the feet. Amen. Let's talk about that. I said, put feet to our faith. How do we do that? We got, we got to get involved, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this last night when I was reading through this here. I kicked my shoes off. I never really thought I'd wear these silly little shoes like this. I call them my dad's shoes, right? Actually, I call them my preaching sneakers. So I can get them on there. See, when you get fatter and, and, and things, you don't want to tie stuff. You'll black out trying to get them on. <laughs> you just want to slip on shoes, right? But that's funny. So what, what, what I thought about when I took those shoes off was this. When I was a kid, my dad would take his shoes off, and I'd get into my... Run around, man. Go all around them shoes. Had about seven years to catch up in the back of that thing. You know? And I thought about that. I said, Lord, why are you reminding me of that? Because I want to walk in his footsteps. I want to be like him. But you know what? As time goes by, I want to be like Jesus. I want to walk in the footprints of Jesus. Amen? Because that's the bigger plan. I'm thankful that I had someone in my life to, to, to show me those things. But you think about that. You ever see your kids or your grandkids? First thing they want to do is grab your shoes. Put them on there. Right? And then later on, I do, do y'all ever do this, Sonny? I know you probably did this fishing. You, you get down and you put them on like this. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Y'all have to help me up. Y'all ever do this? Put them down like this and then hold the fish up like this so it looks like it's bigger. <laughs> you haven't done that? You got to work with the guys. Like, they'll come back to me and we went fishing. Can y'all see that? They'll hold a picture of a fish and say, man, that thing was up to you. Well, you're on your knees. Oh, y'all, y'all ain't going to remember anything else I say. Pastor Buddy was down there taking his shoes off and running around and talking about a fish he caught. Oh, my gosh. I'm about to black out trying to put these back on. Oh, man. But isn't it, isn't it, isn't it good to just be for real? I'm, I'm out of breath. <laughs> That's terrible. Going to the gym today. Goodness gracious. But you know what? We try to tweak things to make it look better, don't we? Man, you know what? We got to, we got to, that thing wouldn't even be a two-piece snack. And you got to sit beside and say, my gosh, they were slaying them out there. You know? Wouldn't even fit in your pocket. Man. So we got to put feet to our faith. So a lot of times we want to walk in somebody else's shoes because we think it's easier. We want to walk in somebody else's shoes because we think they got it made. You'd be surprised when you start walking in somebody else's shoes. I, I got to share this here. When I moved out, and I'm dealing with this now because my big boy just got his place. I moved out. My dad would say, well, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? You know, did you do this yet? And I thought, how much time does this guy think I got? I said, Dad, I'm working. I'm doing this and everything else. You know what I mean? I, I didn't have time to do that. He said, okay, you will. Because when that faucet breaks, when it froze up, don't call me. Okay, I'll get it. I'll get it. I said, Thomas, did you, uh, did you put that? I, I'm working it, Pops. Thomas, did you do this? Well, I'm, I'm working. I'm, I, got, I got a plan. What does that have to do with this? Nothing. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. What does it have to do with this? But a lot of times is we always think that you got more time than me or he's got more time than me and I'm doing it all and I'm doing this and everything. But when you start getting some different responsibilities, somebody, things change. You know what happens? You'll swear somebody's pulling the hours off your clock. Hmm, hmm. How did that happen? You turn around. It's 8 o'clock already. I still got to do this. I still got to do that. I got to do this. I'm going to tell you how to expand your clock. To put more time back on your clock. Y'all ready for this? Proven fact in my own life. Put God first. Don't ask me how he supplies it. Don't ask me how he does more with the time that we got. But he does. And that's just, that didn't cost anything. And if you want a bigger picture of your fish, put your shoes on like that right there. They'll never know the difference. Let's keep on rolling. Let's keep on rolling. All right, you all heard this many times. It says James 2.17. Even so, if, if it has no works, even so faith, that would be good to put that in there. Even so faith, if it has no works, is dead in itself. I want to talk about this for just a minute. I, I, I saw a good definition. I'm going to read it right out there. Faith without works is dead faith because the lack of works reveals the unchanged life or a spiritual dead heart. 
James is not saying that our works make us righteous before God, but he is making it clear that real saving faith is demonstrated by good works. Did y'all catch that? We're not doing good works to get to heaven. We do good works because of salvation, because of God, which he's done in our life. Amen? Because it's a heart change. You don't, ah, man, I'm going to read the rest of that again. But he's making it clear that real saving faith is demonstrated by good works. Works are not the cause of salvation. Works are the evidence of salvation. The evidence of salvation. I was going to go down another path, but I want to stick to the script here. Let's go. Stay in step with the Lord. We're talking about our feet. How do we do that? I said our faith should always be growing. I said each trial puts our feet to the fire and allows us to step into a deeper understanding of Almighty God. You believe that? Sometimes when things are the toughest, I think we see God the clearest. Amen? Maybe not in the beginning because sometimes when that boat's rocking, you say, Lord, where are you? What's going on? And then, let's be honest, then we start telling them all the good things that we do and all how great we are. Surely, why don't you show up? You know what? God's already there. He's already there. I'm going to share this. I tell, tell this story many times that God revealed to me on, on, on this particular scripture. I share it a lot at funerals, but today is a day of uh, victory in the Lord. I love this story that the Lord showed me in the Bible. We talk about when, when Jesus feeds the 5,000 and he sends the, the other guys back across uh, the water there. And he says, I'll catch up with you. And they get out there and they're going across the the sea, and a storm comes up. Man, it's just, oh my gosh, it's just terrible. They're rowing and everything. I want to put yourself in that boat. You ever had a day like that? You're just rowing, man. It's just hitting you side by side, call after call. This can't be going on. This is going on. And all of a sudden, they look up, right? And they see what they think is a ghost coming across there. And they go, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. And then somebody says, no, 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 it's Jesus, right? And, and our favorite guy, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, say the word, and I'll come out to you. See, we all, we all say, oh, yeah, I'd have done the same thing. No, you wouldn't. Y'all have been white knuckles with me going, look out. Man, where's the water wings? Right? So immediately he fixes his eyes on the Lord. And he comes out. And he takes his eyes off the Lord for just a second. And he starts to sink. He says, Lord, save me. And the Bible says immediately he grabbed him. Puts him back on the boat. Sets him in the boat, and then the storm stops. And I know y'all have heard me say this many times. I just think I'm supposed to share this with you. When did the storm stop? When he was back in the boat. When he was back in the boat. Okay, buddy, what does that mean? This is what the Lord showed me. In the midst of your day, in the midst of your life, and you're in that storm, God wrapped his arms around him and held him through the storm and he brought him through the storm and he put him on the boat and then when he was on the boat and everything was good to go then the storm stopped I'm telling you that because sometimes our feet will wander off sometimes we'll get sidetracked sometimes we'll be in a bad storm sometimes self-created but when we call on the Lord don't think just you're out there by yourself because we see from that example right there God holds us in the midst of the storm That's what I want you to take away to be there. God will hold us through the midst of the storm. We just want it to stop. We just want it to stop. But he got the experience of God wrapping his arms around him, protecting him, providing for him, and bringing him to safety. That's the God we serve, amen? That's the God we serve. So we want to stay in step with the Lord. How do we do that? We want to continue on by spending time with the Lord. You know, over and over we think, well, how can I do that? Each of these trials gives us an opportunity to see God in a different light. And it's going to be in a good light. Amen. Because when, when, when light comes in to the darkness, what happens? The darkness will flee. I don't care how small a light you have. You go into the darkness, you'll see it. A friend of mine told me a story years ago. They did this in the military. Uh, I remember this guy telling me this. And he said, they told all the guys, he said, look, you have to be obedient to what we're saying no lights, no cigarettes, no nothing. It could cost you your life. They sent the men out. And they had a man way, way up on a hill. Pitch black. And the guy lit a cigarette. What's the story? 
all that darkness, you could see that light. It exposed everything else that was around there. Now, I'm sure they couldn't see that far. That could have been enough to take out that whole unit, that whole thing. Let's flip it to the good. Us as Christians, even a small little light like that in a dark, dark city or town or wherever you may be, workplace, family, whatever, can be the light that people see to make the difference for Christ. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap for that. God is good. So we want to keep walking with God. I said when we're in tune with God, we will walk in harmony with the plan for our life. Amen? God has got a plan for our life. How many believe God's got the best plan for our life? Sometimes we don't understand that plan. And, and as I was pulling some of these keys out and studying some different things, this might be a message coming up here. So I'm just going to give you an intro to this here. Look at, look at this. I said, you know what? God's had a plan for our life, and we should walk in a manner that reflects God well to others. Hey, I know that sometimes we miss it. I got a mirror. But I'm saying get up and keep going. And I want to give you five keys to write down that I believe these five questions... If you ask yourself these questions and, 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 and God reveals these answers to you and me, as he will, I believe that we'll see the hand of God in our life and help motivate us. Y'all ready for this? Something to write down. If we understand our identity in Christ. I didn't put it up here. There's something I just got when I was working through it last night. If we understand that God is our source in life. If we understand our purpose in life. You don't know where you're running. If you don't know what your purpose is, you're running all over town. How would you know if you're doing what you're supposed to do? Seek the Lord. He'll show you your purpose. Recognize our potential in Christ. Amen? What is it that you can't do in Christ? Did I say, ask that right? There's nothing that we can't do in Christ. We can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. Amen? One more. And understand our destiny. You know, as, as time goes by and I spend, spend time with young folks and middle-aged folks and, and seniors. One thing that, that, that just keeps coming back is our time here, regardless of how long you live, is short. It's short. Went back to the hospital yesterday. I was talking with my neighbor. She's got that brain tumor. And they said that this would probably be a progression of what's happening. I walked in. She knew exactly who I was. I gave her a big kiss. We talked. And she was all over the board. And then she would come back. Be right there. See, a lot of times people think they'll just wait till the last minute to call on the name of Jesus. But you might not have everything going on where you can call on the name of Jesus. So why would you leave here today without calling on the name of Jesus? You know, the number one theme that my neighbor had while I was there, two things. She said, we are so blessed to have the neighbors that we have. And then she said, oh my God, I didn't miss Thomas's wedding, did I? I said, No. I said, he, I said, he just moved, moved to his house. He doesn't have a date or anything like that. She said, I promised him I would dance with him. Whoo! She said, I want to dance with him. All the things in the world, all the things going on in her life, she's thinking about honoring her word to the little kid that lived next door. That's a man now. Wow. Man. What are, we, what, are we, what are we investing in, man? What are we investing in? Let's go back to this. Think about our identity. Who are we in Christ? Think about our source, that we are not, if God's your source, he'll be your resource, amen? Think about our purpose, that God has, has put you in this place. It's not, you're not here by accident today. If this is your first time there, it's like, well, I guess I just said, no. God knew you would be here. He knew what the message was gonna be. He knew how he was gonna take it and, 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 and work it in your heart so that you could come to the saving knowledge of Christ or you can make the adjustment in your life, all of us, starting with me, so that we can glorify God. What's that purpose? What's our potential? You got a lot of potential. There's so much potential in this room. It's amazing. 
It's amazing. I heard a guy talk last night. I flipped through some stuff. And they asked a guy who, who had been uh, a minister for years. And uh, God had also used him in, a, in uh, the secular world too. And he says, is it harder? They asked this man a question. Is it harder to raise up people, leaders in the church? Or is it harder to raise up people in the working business? And he smiled. He said, it's easy in the working business. He says, you got the leverage, you got, you, got, you got the paycheck. He said, the toughest thing is to lead people in, in, a, in a place where there's no pay. And we're just talking for just a second. I'm talking about just the outside world, but look how he pulls this back in. But if they knew what had already been purchased for them, wouldn't they run to serve? Isn't that amazing? You know? Me and Jess was looking through something the other night and we're talking about judgment day and we read a lot of stuff at the house and we're looking at this and all these things. And I could tell you this on that day, they said the Bible says there's a point that a man once died, then the judgment. You don't have to be concerned, but I want you to be uh, informed. God's not going to pull up all your old sin and put it on a chalkboard because your sin's already been dealt with. But I do believe that we'll have to answer how we served the Lord, how we did things, you know. Or we will do. Was my heart right when I got up there? Do I just, well, I'm going to go play guitar today. Or am I going to go up there and say, man, I want to worship the Lord. See, years ago when I was in a rock and roll band, it was, man, it had to be right. It had to be perfect and everything else. Guess what? I still want it that same way. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm not going to beat myself up if I hit the wrong chord. Because you know what? You know what? Lord, I'm doing what I can. And, I, and, and whether it's out of tune or it's whether this or anything, Lord, fix it to put it in tune. Because it's about you. It's about you. What would happen if we weren't like that? What would happen if we said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do my best, but you know what, I need you to whisper to me on my job. Lord, I need you to point me and show me my potential. See, a lot of times, a lot of times there's so much, man, this is not even in the notes, but there's so many things that we see in life when you talk to people and, and, and deal with young folks and everything else. I see different uh, kids at times, I still say, if, if, if you're under 50, you're a kid, right? See some young folks that say, hey, what's going on in your life? And they'll tell you a few things and, and, and they don't even want to tell you what's going on. You know, I've tried this, I'm doing this and everything else. And, and, and I use that as, a, as a, a launching point to tell them, man, let me tell you. There ain't nothing you can't do. I believe, yeah, but I, I flunked out of this. Well, that's all right. Get back in the game. Well, hey, this is what's going on over here. I can't, nobody can use me now. Hey, God will make a way when there's no way. Isn't that something? I want you to see your potential. I want you to see your worth and your value. I started out with this and I'm going to bring it back around to this. If you ever, 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 ever wonder what you're worth, look to the cross of Christ. Every single thing was, was poured out so that you, you got to make it personal, so that I, so that you, that he, she, has everything they need. They're equipped in Christ. Think about that. What has he equipped you to do? Not just sit on the sidelines for Jesus. Yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, I go to church. No, but to be that small little flame maybe in the darkness of your workplace, of your town, of your family. And let me tell you, I understand that sometimes the toughest folks to reach are your family. That's all right. God's tougher. And God's love can melt the hardest heart in the world. And I've seen it. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing. And I can tell you what, when you find somebody that God's got a hold of their heart and got a hold of their life, there's no mistake in that. The DNA of Christ on somebody is amazing. And I see that in your lives here. And I see that in people desiring to have that in their life. But today you can have it, amen? Today you can have it. Let's finish up with this if we could. Heart, hands, and feet. Simple little title, but you know what? It's a huge blessing when we apply them. I'm going to read this again. 1 Corinthians 12, 20 through 22. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't see, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I wrote this the other day. A captured heart by Christ will have hands and feet that follow. Is your heart captured by Christ? Let's pray. Father God, I pray today through the 
through the message of your word, Lord, that you take that and cultivate it in our hearts, Lord, so that you'll move our hands into action to help others. To, to move our feet swiftly away from sin and, and swiftly into the presence of God, into the glory of God. I pray today, if there's one here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today, right here, right now, listen to me, friends. This is your day. You say, well, buddy, I, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know my past. Don't need to know your past. God does. He knew it before it was even, even your future. He knew it before you even were here. And he made a way for you to come back home. So if you're here today and you're not sure if you died today that you go to heaven, I want you to look up here and I want to, I want to speak right to your heart. You can know. You can know today. When you call on the name of the Lord, say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. The Bible says all of sin and fall short of glory, God. Okay? Let's just get real with this because today is the day we need to make this, this thing, put some feet to it. Grab, grab hold of faith. I pray that you, you listen to what I say today. I pray that, you know what? As you look up here, as I share this message with you, this is the gospel we're talking about. The good news, the message of Jesus Christ who came for the, for the whole world. But not everybody received him. I pray today each one here receives him right here, right now. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Today, I believe that you are the son of God who takes away the sin of the world. Today, I thank you for saving me. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, just like my, my visit to the hospital, we never know when we're going to be on that side of it. You never know. So make sure today that you know that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. There is power in the name of Jesus. Do you believe?